Amen. Well, if you have your Bibles, turn to the book of Luke. I'm going to read a passage in Luke chapter 10, and then uh, my wife is going to come up. She's going to she's going to preach with me this morning because we're celebrating 23 years of marriage today. Isn't that awesome? Today's our anniversary. So I said I'm going to have my favorite preacher preaching with me today, and she's absolutely my favorite preacher. And we're going to preach a message together called Created to Connect. And I want to talk to the guys today, and then she's going to talk to the ladies. Is that all right? Proverbs chapter 18, verse 1 says this, He who separates himself or isolates himself, he, he does so for his own desires. In other words, it says this, that he quarrels against all wisdom. He separates himself. He isolates himself. Now, what that means is it's intentional. Did you hear me now? I said it's intentional. In other words, I believe that in our genetic makeup, when God created us, when he formed us, he actually created us to connect, that we were born to connect with people. And it takes work over a lifetime to isolate ourselves. It doesn't say he who is isolated. It says he who isolates or separates themselves. So as we walk through life, what many people do, and, and I know that some people are just more outgoing than others, and some people are more extroverted than others, but I believe that God put in us the desire to connect And as we walk through life and as we struggle and as we go through difficulties, many times we isolate or pull back or hinder ourselves from being connected to others. I was leading a small group of young men one time, young men around 20 to 30 years old, and we were talking, and every week we would gather and just kind of study the Bible and talk about life. And I remember asking a room full of six, seven guys there, and I said, how many of you, you grew up with a dad who had friends, and none of them raised their hand? Every one of these guys said, no, my dad never had any friends. Listen, they had a wife. Because sometimes we think, well, that's all I need. As long as I get married, then that's good. No, I'm telling you, you need connections. Guys, you need to be connected. And many men struggle with this. And I know I did. Throughout this message today, my wife and I, we're going to be telling our personal story. We've been married 23 years, but I jokingly say many times it's been the 15 happiest years of my life. Because for the first seven or eight, we almost killed each other. I mean, we were in bad shape. We were headed for divorce. My wife had packed her bags and she was ready to go. Not only were we saved, we were in ministry and we were pastoring a church, but we were miserable. How many of you know just because you come to church and just because you lift your hands does not exempt you from struggles? Can I get an amen from somebody who's been there, right? We all struggle and we struggled I was selfish. I was a terrible husband. I didn't know how to talk to her. I didn't know how to treat her. I I was selfish in everything that I did and everything that I said. I never had anybody model selflessness to me. I only saw selfishness. And so I, 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 from a man, and I never saw it. And so I just modeled what I saw. And so I just, I was a terrible husband. My wife and I, my wife and I just, we fought all the time. In fact, we went about three months without even talking. And we had people in our life, listen to this, we had people in our life. And I was pastoring a church, and that church had Sunday school, right? But Sunday school wasn't working. 
I said this, Sunday school is great when you're eight, but when you're 28 and your marriage is falling apart, Sunday school ain't working. What I desperately needed was to reach out to some men, but my pride kept me from admitting I needed help. And finally, we got to a point where she was about to walk out the door, and then I desperately reached out for help. I was tired of isolating myself. I want to read to you from the book of Ecclesiastes, just a a quick portion of scripture. It says this in chapter 4, verse 9, two people are better off than one. For they can help each other succeed. If one person falls, the other can reach out and help. But someone who falls alone is in real trouble. Likewise, two people lying close together can keep each other warm. But how can one be warm alone? A person standing alone can be attacked and defeated. But two can stand back to back and conquer. Three are even better. For a triple braided cord is not easily broken. Here I was, I had isolated myself, I had nobody who had my back, and it was my own choice. I had men that I could reach out to, but I just chose not to. And I isolated myself, and the devil came in. Because you need to know this, listen, you need to know that God has a plan for your life, and you need to know the devil has a plan for your life. See, we like to quote Jeremiah 29, 11, for I know the thoughts that God thinks towards me. God has plans for my life. I know that. Plans for good and not for evil, right? I believe that. I, I believe that scripture with all of my heart. But you need to know the devil also has plans for your life. And when Brian and Cynthia got married on September 9th, 1995, and we went on a beautiful two-week honeymoon to Puerto Vallarta, oh, glory to God. I mean, we had fun, you know. I mean, it was, we had a great honeymoon, but then we came back and life hit us right in the face. When we came back from that honeymoon, we fought and we fought and we fought and we fought. And we had a baby and then we still fought and we went from house to house and we still fought. We went into ministry, went from youth pastoring to pastoring and we still fought. And we still couldn't get it right. And we still just, just lashed out at each other. We didn't know how to communicate. And I was mean and I was selfish and all these things. And I didn't have anybody because the devil came in and I had nobody who had my back. And that was my choice. My choice. Because the Bible says this, somebody has to have your back. If you are alone, there's nobody who has your back. And guys, you need another guy. Listen to me. You need another guy in your life. Somebody that you can talk to. Somebody that you could reach out to. And finally, when I reached out to somebody, we went into to counseling. I reached out to a man and he reached back and he looked me in the eye and we began to share our struggles and our problems. And he looked at me and he said, Brian, you are selfish. And I thought, what in the world? Are you kidding me? I'm sacrificing, I'm doing all these things, but I was the picture of selfish. I was absolutely selfish. And the devil's plan for our life was working, and we had to turn that thing around. Do you know when Jesus told the story of the Good Samaritan in Luke chapter 10, listen to this, he told the story of the Good Samaritan. And he said this, that there was a certain man that went on a journey, and he fell among thieves. And they stripped him and they robbed him. And they left him for dead. Now the inference to the story is this. This man traveled on this journey and he was alone. You see, a thief 
does not jump on a group of five people. You see? The thief doesn't, one guy doesn't attack two people. One guy doesn't attack three people. Two guys don't attack six people. You understand? It was obviously two or three guys that jumped on one man traveling alone. Let me tell you, over this many years of ministry, I've seen man after man after man traveling alone on the journey, trying to figure out marriage, trying to figure out being a dad, trying to figure out running a business, trying to figure out life, trying to figure out struggling with lust and all these perversions, trying to figure all this out, and they're doing it on their own, and they are not reaching out, and the enemy is coming in, and he is robbing from them, he is stripping them, and he is leaving them for dead. And I was left for dead. That was me. Our marriage was dead. I was left for dead. But thankfully, I reached out. Hallelujah. I reached out. And God began to put the pieces of our life together. Do you know that the Bible actually says the devil is seeking out people who are alone? In 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 8, it says that your enemy, the adversary, walks around, roams around what? Like a roaring lion, right? Now, when I was a, a teenager, there was this cartoon series that came out, and I mean a, a comic series uh, by uh, some comic named Gary Larson, and it was called The Far Side. Anybody ever see The Far Side? Uh, I, I thought those were, were so funny. I used to crack up at those all the time. I'd buy the books and stuff. And so I remember one... Far side cartoon that, that I want to show you. It's, it's this, these guys, and let me just put it on the screen for you. These guys are traveling through, through Africa or the Serengeti or they're in the jungle somewhere. And these lions are looking at them. And they got these two local yokel bobos who are driving around. And the lions just say to each other, convertible. Convertible. Right? And I thought... Listen, the reason why this strikes me as funny, and I see that so many of you are just overwhelmed with laughter, is because I think the lions are saying to themselves, look how easy they're making it. Who drives around in the jungle? Listen, I've been on a safari. You don't drive around in a convertible, okay? You drive around protected. You drive around where the the animals can't get to you. But these two guys are just driving off in a convertible. And listen, I've seen man after man just walking through life, trying to figure life out. And it's like they're driving through dangerous territory with man-eating beasts in a convertible. And the enemy is looking and going, wow, you're making it so easy for me. Listen, we cannot make it easy on him. We have to make it difficult. We have to fight with everything that we got to say, no, I will not let the devil come in and have my marriage, my kids, my health, my finances, my family. Come on now. I'm going to stand up. I'm going to connect with somebody. I'm going to fight this fight. I refuse to let the enemy come in. Hallelujah. Let me tell you, when we started figuring out, I started realizing this thing's, this thing's a battle. This marriage thing, listen, it ain't as easy as it looks. I mean, Cynthia and I make it look easy, you know what I'm saying? We make it look real easy, but it ain't as easy as it looks. It's hard to look this good, you know what I'm saying? She still don't listen to everything that I say. We still have our discussions. I call them fights. She calls them, baby, it's a discussion. It looks like a fight to me. We still struggle, you know what? But we're fighting through it. But here's the difference. Now I've got men in my life I can reach out to. And I can say, hey, listen, I need some wisdom on this thing. I need some help on this thing. 
And listen, not only that, I can also offer something. Listen, the Bible says this, as iron sharpens iron, so one man sharpens another. Hallelujah. Listen, church, would you welcome my favorite preacher in the whole wide world, Cynthia Rosenberg. She's going to come share this morning. Come on, Cynthia. Hallelujah. (laughs) Greetings, church. It's so good to be here. It's always great to be in the house of God, right? Love being in his presence. Um, I wanted to read something to you from the book of Luke. If you want to go ahead and turn in your Bibles or tablets or phones, some of you. Um, We're going to be reading from Luke 1. I had to really search my heart when Brian told me to, to come and speak about when we were alone it's been a while since I allowed myself to go back to, to that time. And um, I can honestly say I, I didn't realize how alone I was until my world started crashing down around me. Isn't that how it is too, right? The Bible, you know, in Ecclesiastes, even as he mentioned, says, Woe to the one who falls when there is no one there to lift him up. You don't want to be that person. And if you've been at Grace for any length of time, you might have heard um, our story before, you know, and our testimony and how God turned our marriage around. But I do want to give you a glimpse of where I was in case you've never heard it before. And I do remember one specific weekend where I did have my my bags literally packed and under the bed. Uh, My parents were coming that weekend, and I was ready to go. (laughs) I was done. I was pregnant with my now 17-year-old daughter, beautiful Hannah, um, and I was done. I was like, I am tired of being miserable. I was hopeless, and I was alone, and I was desperate, and... um, I just, I'd I'd had it, you know. Uh, We were senior pastors, as he said, but like, um, you know, we're not exempt. We're people just like you, maybe with a different call than some of you, but um, we're not exempt to the enemy's attack. And we were in a very, very bad place, you know. It was truly one of the darkest and loneliest times of my life. You know, there were people around me, like he said, but you could be in a crowded room, a party happening, people dancing all around you, and still feel so alone. But that is not the will of God. That is not the will of God. He has so much more, even as Pastor Alex said this morning, so much more for us. But I isolated myself, and I didn't realize what I was doing at the time. I I was afraid. I didn't trust people. I had, I had been hurt, and because of that, I had built walls, and I wasn't about to let anybody in. I didn't think anybody would understand what I was going through. I didn't find anybody, in my opinion, that I could confide in that, that wouldn't judge me, especially because we were pastors, you know, so a lot of times people look at you a little differently, and, um, and so I just, I kept to myself. I kept, kept my pain, Um, to myself. But God is so good, right, church? He is so good in his infinite grace. And he had me reach out that weekend in desperation, one last call for help before I I took off. And um, he put a young woman 
on my heart to, to call. And I don't know what I would have done had she not answered the phone, right? We got to make ourselves available, church, to other people because I don't know where I'd be if not for this lady that decided to answer that call and once again speak life and hope into me. And she did that. And I'm forever grateful because I chose to stay that weekend. And that evening, I told Brian what I was about to do. And he thought, okay, this is real. I, I got to reach out to somebody. I can't keep this all in. We can't do this on our own. And he went ahead and reached out to a man of God at Trinity Church International. And that man of God drove four hours to Williston, Florida, actually Chieflin at the time, and spoke into our life and put us on the road to recovery, the road to restoration. It didn't happen overnight, you know. There were some long nights ahead and and hard days, but we decided that we were going to fight for what God had for us. We knew he had more, and we knew that he could do it. He was the only one that could heal what was broken on the inside of us. And so we fought, and I thank God for that pastor who came and that lady who answered her phone that day. And you know, the truth is that when you join a small group, when you choose to connect in such a fashion, whether it is just attending or leading that small group, you are making yourself available to God. You have something to offer. You have a story that can serve as a strength to somebody else. As leaders, you can pour out what God has done in you into somebody else. You can be an instrument of his grace and of his goodness and of his love, and you can impart hope to people who were like me and and pastor at the time, feeling so hopeless. Unfortunately, back then I was not part of a small group. I didn't even have the option those years of my life before Grace Chapel. And I honestly think to myself, what a difference that would have made in my own life. What a difference that would have made to have somebody who would check up on me, you know, who text me, hey, thinking about you, how are you doing? Somebody who would call me out on stuff that maybe I shouldn't have been doing or saying to my husband, you know, or holding on to. <laughs> he would have really appreciated that, you know, if I had somebody to speak into my life and, and, and do that, right? But God was gracious, and he did bring us through, and, and I thank God for, for that couple and, and for that woman who answered her phone that day. And as I pondered what the Lord would have me share with you guys um, today, he brought me to the book of Luke. And the book of Luke, chapter 1, it begins with a story that we're very familiar with, especially during Christmas time, right? It's the, the story about Christ's birth announcement by the angel Gabriel to Mary. I've read this portion of scripture many times over, but Holy Spirit really showed me something so beautiful and so relevant to us today and what we're talking about, that you are not meant to do life alone. You see, here we have Mary receiving this amazing news, right, that she is going to conceive the Son of God, a news she received so graciously, right? She said, let it be done unto me as you have spoken. She was so excited, and in that moment, you can imagine what a holy, awesome moment that was as the angel Gabriel began to declare to her what she was about to conceive, you know, Jesus, the Son of the living God. 
But in those times, if you read in that, that portion of scripture, it talks about the fact that she was already betrothed to a man named Joseph. And so to be betrothed is basically just like being married. It took about a year before she actually became his wife and moved into him. But during that year of her betrothal, she was going to be pregnant. And I really believe that in that moment, she did not consider everything that she was saying yes to. I mean, she was, you know, in that moment, a glorious moment with the angel. And she's like, yes. Isn't it like that? You know, God gives us a word and we're like, yes, let it be God. And then we got to walk, walk that thing out. And sometimes it's not as easy as it looks in the beginning. There's a journey. There's, there's a things that we have to do. And, but God knew. God knew the whole time what was up, what was going to happen. In those days, if a woman was to marry a man and claim to be a virgin and was found not to be, her life was in danger. Her life was in danger. She could be stoned to death in that time. And it was, you know, this is something that she did not consider when she said yes, you know. In our culture and time, unwed mothers are an accepted reality of, uh, of life, but unsurprisingly so, uh, not so much back then. But even they had rules against that um, in, in Israel. But what I fail to grasp and what most likely uh, fail to grasp is what took place In Mary's life, after the angel left, don't you know that all hell was about to break loose on that young woman? Through her, the Son of God was going to come. The devil heard the news. He knew what was about to happen, and he was not just going to let it happen. I'm sure that as that angel stepped back up into the heavenlies, that the reality of what took place, of what just took place, hit her natural mind. Don't you know that as she started walking away, the angel, you know, had left, but now she was left with her thoughts. And I can imagine her just saying, what is Joseph going to say? What are my parents going to say? What my friends, what are my friends going to say? That gift of faith that was in operation in that glorious moment, I mean, it was awesome. But think about it. Once he was gone, she was left there. But God made a way. God knew exactly what she was going to go through. He is so faithful. Because the angel said something that I have passed by hundreds of times in this portion of scripture. And the Holy Spirit just lit it up to me. Read with me in your Bible in Luke 1 verses 36 and 37. Just as he finishes declaring to her that she would bear the son of... Sorry, I said that wrong. (laughs) That the Holy One is to be born will be called the Son of God through her. Verse 36 says, Now indeed Elizabeth, your relative, has also conceived a son in her old age. And this is now the sixth month for her who was called barren. For with God nothing will be impossible. 
And this is such a beautiful portion of scripture to me. And what the Holy Spirit began to show me was that God, in his goodness and in his kindness, was once again showing us that we are not to do life alone. You see, here we have Mary receiving this amazing news that she was going to conceive the Son of God, which is awesome. But guess what? People were going to talk about her. She was going to be the talk of the town after this moment. She was going to be looked down upon in her community. But the beauty I see of God is that through the angel Gabriel announcing to her in that same moment that she was going to conceive the Son of God that, hey, Elizabeth, your relative, is also going to conceive a son in her old age thereby in that moment connecting her to another woman of God, right, who had already walked through a similar situation. See, Elizabeth was barren. Listen to what the angel says there. He says, and now this, a couple verses down here, it says, and this is now the sixth month of her who was called barren. She was called barren, and people talked about her. You know, back then it was a disgrace to be buried. It was a curse. You were looked upon like you had sin in your life. For Elizabeth to have no children was a public disgrace. But Luke 1 verse 6 declares that Elizabeth and Zacharias were righteous people who kept the ordinances of the Lord. They were blameless in God's eyes. Just like Mary, huh, now walking around pregnant, was righteous, but people were going to talk about her. It's she's about to enter a similar season that Elizabeth had walked through and now was on the other side of it. And God connected them two together in that moment. And I love, oh my goodness, I started reading on how... Elizabeth greets Mary that day when she shows up at her house. It's so beautiful. Listen in verse 42. It says, she spoke out with a loud voice and said to her, blessed are you among women and blessed is the fruit of your womb. How'd you like to get greeted like that when you go visit your sister, right? Hallelujah. She said, but why is this granted to me that the mother of my Lord should come to me? For indeed, as the voice of your greeting sounded in my ears, the baby leaped in my womb for joy. Blessed is she who believed, for there will be a fulfillment of those things which were told to her from the Lord. What a beautiful picture of what we as daughters of God, as sisters in Christ, need to be for one another right? It's such a wonderful picture of nurturing from one generation to another. She spent three months, the Bible says, with Elizabeth. And you can just imagine what their conversations were like, right? Hey, you are not alone. God is with you. God is going to see you through. You can do this, right? I'm sure there was lots of encouragement and lots of talk about how God brought her through, that Elizabeth just gleaned from and received strength and hope. I remember vividly having a Jenny Michaels. Some of you guys here know her, but I remember very vividly having her speak into my life when we started our church at Wellington High School. 
Brian's vision back then was to have connect groups, small groups. And I was all for that until he said that I was going to be over the woman. Then I was like, hold up, wait, what? You know, me over the woman, I knew that meant that I was going to have to talk in front of people. I'd have to lead small groups and and do encounter retreats. And I was terrified. I was not uh, there at the moment. I hadn't done that kind of stuff before. Um, But it sounded great, you know, and I needed somebody to believe in me. I needed somebody to speak into my life and tell me that I can do this thing that God had called me to. And that was Jenny. She just mothered me and she loved on me. And she was so gracious to me. And she told me that I can do this. She's like, you can do this. You are anointed. God is with you. And I just remember just clinging to her every word, you know, and I don't think she even knows how much her words meant to me me, how they just spoke strength and and really helped me walk out the plan of God for my life in that season. But God connected me to Jenny just as he did back then in that moment when he told Mary, hey, your relative Elizabeth is also going to conceive a son, that the one who was barren now, she has a son. And it's just so beautiful to me how God is so faithful to us, you know, and, and I truly believe that we all go through different seasons, right? You don't even know what lies ahead of you, but God does, just like he did with Mary. He knew the season she was going to enter into, and he's like, hey, you need to, you need to connect with Elizabeth. She's got something you need. She's got something you want to hear. And connect groups are an opportunity for like hearts and mind to connect, for us to to hear from our brothers and our sisters what they've been through, huh? To encourage us in our walk, in our destiny. Listen, I reached out to Jenny. The Bible says that Mary, after that whole announcement, she made haste to go to Elizabeth. And this week, as we start small groups, I would like to believe that we are going to make haste, right? And we're going to begin to seek out those relationships that God has for us and hear what he has to say to us about our life and the seasons that we're walking through, that there, there is hope. I choose, I chose, I should say, to take the mask off and to allow myself to get real with Jenny and people like her. I chose to be, to be vulnerable again. I was afraid, you know, but I did it anyways. I was like, I need help. I cannot do this on my own. And God was faithful, and he will be faithful to you if you would just allow yourself to connect with somebody else, a sister, a brother, that God has set in your life for a reason, for a purpose in this time. Amen? And that's what we just want to encourage you guys today. Make haste. God has people, not only for you to minister to, but who will minister to you and will serve as a strength in your life and in your journey with the Lord. 